now we have AI and machine learning that's able to interpret a lot of these day-to-day pieces of data and measure it across a huge population of people similar to us and help us interpret what that means for us and our bodies and what we should do next. Welcome to another episode of First in Line, the show that teaches you all about what's new and next before it's new and next. And this episode is a little different from your average one. I don't have an expert or two here with me today. And the reason why is because a lot of you have been asking me what I'm first in line for. And hands down, the category I'm most excited about being first in line for right now is health and wellness and how it's dramatically changing from decades before. It also happens to be about a third of all of my investments at Offline Ventures. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you about some of the tools and techniques I'm using, some of the areas I'm investing in inside of this big, broad category, and about all of the new things within health and wellness I'm really excited about for the potential of our collective health in the future. This episode is brought to you by Element. I'm obsessed with all things health and wellness. I love learning about the latest trends, trying different hacks, and figuring out what works best for my body. And if there's one thing I know for certain, it's that hydration is essential to better health. Unfortunately, most of us don't realize that there's a more effective way to hydrate. Element is a tasty, science-backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means just the right amount of salt without all the sugar, food coloring, artificial ingredients, and other unnecessary fillers. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets, free, with any Element order. That's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash Brit. Try it risk-free and experience the endless benefits of better hydration. We all know that health is the key to longevity and survival, and it should be the thing that we focus on first in our lives. And it used to be that we had gatekeepers of the healthcare system, you know, doctors and pharma companies that had to prescribe things to us or tell us exactly what to do and when to do them and determine how we were going to understand our results and when we could get those results and where those results were stored. And the difference in the last five to 10 years is that there's been this reversal of the democratization of health and access now in the hands of the people. If you know me, you know that I'm pretty into this idea of the quantified self. I am constantly measuring every part of my body, tracking what I'm eating, how I'm sleeping, (laughs) what my mood is day to day. And I'm really obsessed with this idea of preventative health as well. I think a lot of us go to the doctor when we're sick or we go to the doctor when something's wrong, but we aren't actually taking the steps that we need to to track how our health is changing even in normal times. So little known fact, I actually don't have a general physician. <laughs> like I, if you were like, Britt, who's your doctor? I couldn't tell you. I don't have one. Like, I mean, I am a subscriber to One Medical and if I really got sick, I could use their services, I guess. But 
I haven't been to the doctor's office outside of like an OB in years. However, the one thing I do do once a year, usually in January, is this thing called QBio, which promotes itself as the physical of the future. This is one of the craziest things you've ever seen. I go in for about an hour and a half. They do all the standard tests. You know, they do a ton of blood work. They do urine samples. They, you know, check my knee reflexes and all of those things. But then I go into an MRI chamber for an hour and I get an MRI of my entire body, of literally every organ, every part of my body, and it scans everything. A couple weeks later, a doctor calls me on Zoom or whatever telehealth system they use and shows me an actual, you know, digital form of my body with every organ, every part of it in detail and how it's changed since the year prior. I can see things like how my liver organs have changed, what my LDL and you know cholesterol looks like year over year, what my pulse and HRV is looking like, respiratory rate, all these different things. And again, the coolest part about it is not just the data I have during that session. It's the fact that I have now many years of this data accruing year over year so I can see what's getting better, what might be getting worse. If there's, you know, at one point I had a small cyst on my left kidney, they weren't so worried about it, the next year was gone. So I, you know, I knew I didn't need to probably get treatment or anything like that. But again, this is the physical I get once a year. It is not inexpensive, but it's the main thing I do to prevent anything in my health from going awry. And now I have years of data to track everything else I'm doing. The other thing I've done in the past is I've gotten DEXA scans. If anyone knows what a DEXA scan is, it's about a 15-minute scan of your whole body that's measuring your fat mass, muscle mass, and bone mass. And I particularly love doing this as a woman in my fertile years because, um, you know, how a lot of people say that their bodies change before and after babies, I literally have proof. I can tell you that, you know, the mass of my legs has gone down and the mass of my core has gone up and it changed actually the first year that I had a baby, but then I got back in shape and then I got pregnant again and then it changed again. And so I can actually see the little nuanced changes across my muscle and fat and my whole body. And you could argue that maybe I'm a little too obsessive about this and it's not because I'm dieting or anything like that. It's actually just because I want to know like, where should I target my toning for the future? Like my legs actually lost mass. I should probably think about exercises to increase mass there. My right arm is like 5% stronger than my left arm. So maybe I'll do a few more reps on the left side the next time I'm in the gym. And of course, with bone mass, as we get older, it's great to know how stable and strong our bones are throughout our body. So the DEXA scan is a great thing to do as well. Usually when I get a DEXA scan, I do a VO2 max test. So I'm actually measuring my endurance of my heart and and cardio capabilities. Um, I do a quick run on the treadmill with an oxygen mask on that's measuring how much air I'm breathing in and breathing out when I'm actually exerting a ton of energy. Um, So that's a nice measurement of my heart. And then the final thing I do to keep my body in check, especially when I'm pregnant, is a weekly measurement uh, 
pull of my entire body. So I just use a simple journaling app. The one I use right now is day one. And while I'm pregnant, for instance, I am tracking the inches around circumference-wise of my chest, my belly button, my hips, my thighs, my overall weight gain week over week. And I've done this throughout three pregnancies now, and it's fascinating to see how they each are different or the same, especially because I'm also logging my diet, the things I'm eating, the types of you know, moods I'm in, and I'm now able to correlate. You know, For instance, with my first baby, I was really trying to eat super healthy. I was eating salads a lot and was like limiting myself a lot. I gained exactly 30 pounds during that pregnancy. The second pregnancy, I just let myself go. I ate cheeseburgers, pizza. <laughs> I wasn't really watching what I was eating. I gained exactly 30 pounds during that pregnancy, and I gained it at the same exact rate, and my measurements were all exactly the same. So this third time around, I'm actually still kind of eating whatever I want. I'm not being ridiculous. I'm not just eating like an entire pizza or an entire piece of, you know, entire cake, but I am literally on exact same track as the first and second pregnancies. So for instances like this, I think it's just really interesting to know how your body responds. It's amazing, by the way, that your body responds that way as it's building a human. And again, now I have all of this data to take with me if I, you know, want to think about another baby or, you know, different phases of life as I get older. The topic of fertility is incredibly interesting to me, and it's been one of the fields where I've placed a lot of my venture capital investment bets in the recent years because, let's be honest, today's woman is a career woman. 75 to 80% of all women are working women. We are putting off having families until later in life, and that's great for our professional freedom, and it's not great for our uteruses because the reality is we are the most fertile around 20 to 25 years old, and that's the time period where we are graduating college and chasing our dreams. When we become 35 or 40 years old and we finally get around to thinking about having a baby, oftentimes it's too late. And we all have seen how big of an issue infertility can be for men and women, by the way. And I'm excited about some of the new technologies that are starting to change that. There are a couple that I'm really, really passionate about. And the first one is an investment I made into Kind Body. They have created clinics all across the United States that help women with egg freezing and IVF treatment. This is still definitely not something that the average person can afford. This is about eight to ten thousand dollars for a cycle of something like freezing your eggs. It's a few thousand more if you actually want to implant one of those eggs into yourself through IVF. However, it's one of the only ways that some women can get pregnant. And a lot of businesses are starting to cover the cost of egg freezing thanks to a lot of the tech titans here in Silicon Valley like Facebook and Google and others covering the cost. I hope that this trend continues so that more families can continue to go that path. But I am also optimistic that the cost of fertility treatment will go down over time. The reason I love Kind Body is because they make it 
really simple. These are clinics that you walk in that feel comforting. They have a mostly female staff, if not fully female staff. You are given, you know, it's about two weeks for the whole process of something like an egg retrieval, which I didn't know before. I thought it was maybe like a month or longer and that my hormones would be all out of whack. And yes, you are injecting yourself with hormones. But again, if you can do something for two weeks, this is the thing to do to ensure flexibility and freedom of children when you want to have children. And I, I wish that every woman could do this, especially at an earlier stage in life. Because like I said, if you froze your eggs when you're 20 or 25, you're actually going to have the best possible outcome. You are going to have the most eggs retrieved probably in your lifetime, and they are going to be really healthy eggs. And so the other company I invested in is called Cofertility. Cofertility is actually focused on egg freezing for women 18 to 25. And you might think to yourself, well, how are they going to afford this? They don't have 10 grand. The thing that they're doing that's different is they are hoping to make egg freezing free or significantly discounted if you are willing to donate some of your eggs to families in need. And I get that this sounds really controversial for a lot of us out there, especially millennials, Gen X, even older populations. But apparently 70% of Gen Z, 18 to 25-year-olds, say they would for sure donate some of their eggs to families in need. If you have 50 or 100 eggs, why not give a handful up to people that need them? And hopefully the stigma of egg donorship will become less and less, just like the stigma of sperm donorship has remained fairly low over the past several years. So I'm really excited about this because, again, this is giving women in particular a lot of flexibility and a lot of family security to have children when they want to have children, to not feel pressured into getting married too early, to be able to focus on their careers, and to know that they have their fertility insurance dialed by the time they even hit 25. Now, I don't want all the men out there to think that I'm not considerate of their fertility too. It takes one and one to make a baby, right? So there is a new company called Fellow that specializes in men's fertility testing. You actually get a kit sent to your house. You can test your stuff and make sure that, you know, the variables of your fertility are actually positive. And that way, you know, as soon as you are ready to have a family, that you will not be any part of the missing equation and that you are set up for success as soon as you're ready to do so. If you know me, you know that mental health is one of the top issues of advocacy that I am passionate about. It's one of the categories I invest in the most through my venture fund, Offline Ventures, and it's just something so deeply personal to me, not even just for those who might have a mental health issue, but for all of us, because let's face it, if we aren't okay inside of our heads, then we aren't going to be okay in our bodies. And actually, a lot of new science and research has really continued to confirm the brain-body connection and just how interrelated the two are. I think that, for instance, a lot of people that deal with gastrointestinal issues or um, inflammation in their body actually have 
some neurotype challenges that they might need to deal with and vice versa. Some people that suffer from depression or bipolar or any of these serious mental health issues might actually be served to focus on where in the body that could be coming from. And so there's a lot of interesting science around that. But I think regardless, the one thing that we can all do no matter what is to consider how we are treating our brains in various ways. Of course, meditation is the standard. It's the thing that we can all do for free no matter what. I think many of us are moving meditators. Some of us are sitting meditators. It's interesting for you to figure out which one you are. I actually did a week-long challenge on meditation a few years back where I tried both for a week. And I found that I myself am a moving meditator. I think it's why I like long runs or walks without my phone. I just think better and more clearly when I'm moving. I can't sit still <laughs> and just think. Um, I've gotten better at it though. So I think that's that's step number one. Step number two is actually finding a therapist. And again, with the advancements of telehealth, I have found all kinds of incredible therapists that specialize in different parts of my life. This might sound crazy, but I actually have a personal therapist. I have a couples therapist. I have a child uh, family therapist for me and my children. And I have a family therapist for me and my broader family, like my parents and my brother, et cetera. Let me think. Do I have more therapists? <laughs> I might have more therapists. Okay, but that's a lot for right now. So I have a different therapist. Oh, I have a work therapist. Yes, that's right. I have an executive coach that I call my work therapist. But, you know, the issues that you face in the office often are psychological. You know, it's how you're actually sorting out your thoughts uh, to get things done and your behaviors. And, and again, I've been doing all this therapy for many years, not because I'm treating a mental health disorder of mine. I, I'm grateful that I don't have to deal with that. But because I think all of us could use a little bit more self-awareness of who we are. We all have issues that we're facing day to day. We live in an age of social media where we're overwhelmed with all kinds of people and personalities and world events and it's depressing and the world's about to end every single day and we just need a vent and we need to sort it out. And I have not spent better money than the money I've spent on therapy. I think that it is the number one thing that we can all do for our mental health and I wish there were more therapists in this world for the demand of people who need therapists. It's one of the things that everyone in the mental health industry is trying to figure out right now because by 2030, the number one killer in the world will not be heart disease. It will be depression and suicide and, and everything that comes along with that. And so again, whether or not you are plagued with one of these different types of brains or you just need to tweak and refine your own brain and mental health. Therapy is huge. The last thing I'll say is for those who want to take it up a notch, I am fascinated by psychedelic therapy and ketamine therapy. Um, ketamine is actually FDA approved. Psilocybin is in phase three. It's going to be approved. These treatments are game changing. The last time we had a an FDA-approved antidepressant was in 1984, I believe. We're talking 40 years ago. And the efficacy of these drugs is like 30%, maybe 20%. Like it's something like 
I mean, did you know even, by the way, Advil is only 30% effective in Tylenol? That means one out of three people is getting the actual treatment they need from this, and two out of three are getting placebo. I think this is crazy, especially when you can compare it to the 80% plus efficacy rate of ketamine therapy or psychedelic therapy. And that's why these types of drugs are getting through the FDA and becoming legalized, especially under guidance of a therapist. And I know people who suffer from debilitating depression who can have one or two ketamine treatments and not have to take an antidepressant for a year. That's how powerful these drugs are. And I'm really excited for the future that they can create. And hopefully we'll have more about that in a future episode of First in Line. This episode is brought to you by Element. I'm obsessed with all things health and wellness. I love learning about the latest trends, trying different hacks, and figuring out what works best for my body. And if there's one thing I know for certain, it's that hydration is essential to better health. Unfortunately, most of us don't realize that there's a more effective way to hydrate. Element is a tasty, science-backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means just the right amount of salt without all the sugar, food coloring, artificial ingredients, and other unnecessary fillers. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. That's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a friend. Get yours at Drink lmnt.com slash Brit. Try it risk-free and experience the endless benefits of better hydration. The one thing I tell people all the time is that if it is between sleep, diet, and exercise, the order of importance of these is always sleep first, diet second, exercise third. And this has been proven in all kinds of scientific research But still, so many people out there think exercise is most important or diet is everything. Again, you guys, sleep is number one. And I've been taking my sleep seriously for years now. Here are a few pieces of advice I have for you if you want to take yours more seriously. First of all, a fun little hack I have. If you have decoded your genes, you can actually go into 23andMe and see what your body's literal DNA says about how long you should be sleeping every day. For me, it's eight hours and 23 minutes. You can even see in your DNA what time you generally like to go to bed and wake up. For me, it's more like, I think I think it's something like 11.30 p.m. waking up around 8 a.m., And this is hilarious because I didn't know this for most of my life, but I would always get really tired around 11 and I love waking up around 7.30-ish. I hate waking up at 6.30. I am not really, it's not really easy for me to go to bed at 9.30 unless I'm pregnant, which I am right now. (laughs) But, But it's cool to know that that's literally in your DNA. And it's cool to know if your partner or your family member actually has something different and you can sort of figure out how your sleep schedules should align or not because of that. Okay, beyond that, I learned actually in the last show slash season of my podcast when it was Teach Me Something New, I interviewed a guy named Jeff Kahn, who's the founder of the Rise Sleep app. And Jeff actually introduced me to this idea of a thing called sleep debt. 
And a lot of us think that, oh my gosh, I only slept for five hours last night. I know I should sleep for eight, or if you're me, eight hours and 23 minutes. So um, I'm just going to sleep more tonight. Um, But then you don't. Maybe you only sleep for seven. And what ends up happening is in a 14-day period, all of this lack of sleep, you know, maybe it's three hours the first night, one hour the second night, actually accrues. And you need to make up for that sleep within 14 days or else there are parts of your body that might break down. You are going to have brain fog. There are going to be so many things that are not functioning correctly. And so the key thing is to measure your sleep debt. And you can do that through the Rise app. Um, It's not just a push for app. There's a bunch of science around it as well, but I've been using it. And again, it's really helped me figure out when I can actually make up my sleep and how long I have to do so, so that I'm constantly optimizing my energy and productivity. Okay. I also have to say one of my favorite products in the world, this might be literally in my top five favorite products of all time, is the Eight Sleep Mattress and Mattress Cover. Eight, like the number eight, get it because you need to sleep for eight hours, most of us, because this thing is incredible. It can heat or cool both sides of the bed. So if you do share a bed with a partner, this is really helpful. It actually optimizes the temperature of the bed that you feel best falling asleep in to optimize yourself to get into deep sleep faster. And if you know anything about sleep, you know that deep sleep is the most important part of sleep. This is when your body is really actively recovering, your cells are renewing. This is huge and it's usually one of the first cycles of sleep. The thing is, in order to get into deep sleep, your body temperature needs to change. So what do we what do we usually do, we humans that sleep in comfortable mattresses and beds? We put heat all around us. We have feathered duvets. We've got this mattress. We've got blankets. We are literally preventing ourselves from having cool and from letting this cool air um, circulate almost like an air conditioning does in our house. Think about it. We walk around our house with the air conditioning set at a specific temperature. For me, it's 73 all day long to make sure that we are comfortable. And then we get into this feather-filled balloon to try to fall asleep in, and we're generally overheating when our body actually wants to be cool. So the eight sleep actually detects how hot you are. It cools your body temper down to the right amount for you to optimize for your sleep. And then it'll actually change throughout the night to ensure that you are breaking into the right sleep cycles at the right time. And again, the beauty is you do this on your side of the bed, your partner does this on his side of the bed or her side of the bed, and it's incredible. My husband sleeps super hot. I don't want him to come near me when I'm trying to fall asleep (laughs) or in the middle of the night. He wakes me up if he's too hot. So this actually keeps him cool. It actually warms me up sometimes when I'm too cold. It's beautiful. All right. And lastly, my favorite sleep product that I do love primarily because I'm pretty pregnant right now, over six months pregnant, is something called the Baby Bub Pillow. I'm sorry if anyone out there is not pregnant, but buy this for your friends that are pregnant or planning to be pregnant. I didn't have this in my last two pregnancies, and it's not even that big of an innovation. It's just like this little pillow that goes behind your back 
that's really thin behind your back, but then has kind of like this pillow shell on both the right and left sides so that you can flip over during the night, which a lot of us pregnant people do, without having to take a huge pillow with us. I've used all the other types of pregnancy pillows, the U and the C and the S and all the weird shapes. And it's so annoying because you have to bring the pillow with you and you need something in your knees and your arms and everything else. But trust me, this baby bub thing changed my life. It makes me feel so comfortable and it actually even can pack up into a suitcase so you can take it with you wherever you go. So in the last couple of years, I've become fascinated with hot and cold therapy and treatment. Call it what you want. It's a form of exercise. It's a form of recovery. It's a form of mental health. It's all of these things and more. And what I mean by that is specifically on the cold side, if you've never met Wim Hof or know who Wim Hof is, you know, he's the one who literally encouraged me to take my first ice bath. I can now sustain myself in a bath of ice for up to five to seven minutes, which has all kinds of practical implications for my cardiovascular system and uh, my muscle recovery tissue and more. A lot of athletes understand how important ice baths are. But on the flip side of that, heat is equally important and has been for centuries now, especially in Nordic countries like Finland and Sweden, where they literally do a sauna every day. It's part of their therapy. It's part of their exercise. And so me and my team at Offline Ventures have been thinking a lot about this category and thinking about how outdated these saunas of today are. They're also super expensive. The heat is like overwhelming. And we thought, Maybe there could be a different form of treatment where you're getting the same type of infrared heat, which by the way, infrared is the best type of heat to get if you're getting any sort of heat because it actually penetrates through the skin. It doesn't just warm the skin, it warms the body. The other advantage with heating yourself for 30 to 45 minutes is that you can burn up to 400 or so calories just by sitting in a sauna. <laughs> so there's your exercise routine for you on your on your rest days. But beyond that, we thought to ourselves, okay, besides getting a nice workout in, sweating for 30 minutes and burning 400 calories with infrared heat, how else can we take advantage of a person's time just sitting? We thought, well, what if we could actually create a meditation of some sort using light therapy and sound therapy so it's an immersive experience all in one? And thus we invented a new type of multi-sensory sauna. It's called Ancient Ritual. It is light therapy, sound therapy, infrared heat therapy, all packaged inside of a wooden box that could literally substitute for a beautiful piece of furniture in your living room. It looks like an armoire that's modern and cool and comes in different shades of wood tones that you can put anywhere inside of your house so that you can step inside whenever you want to and get a working in experience instead of a working out experience, again, for recovery, for exercise, for meditation, and whatever else you might need on a daily basis. On top of that, now we have AI and machine learning that's able to interpret a lot of these day-to-day -day pieces of data and measure it across a huge population of people similar to us and help us interpret what that means for us and our bodies and what we should do next. 
you know, every day I know if my HRV level, my heart rate variability is higher or lower than it should be based on whatever night of sleep I got and if I should work out that day and how that compares to the rest of the population and what this means for me now that I've done this for 365 days in a row and when I should call a doctor because it's stayed too low for too long. On top of all of this, we have new methods of distribution for tests. I subscribe to a company called Everlywell that has tests ranging from female hormone tests to food allergy and sensitivity tests and everything in between. I get these tests sent to me at my house. I can take one on an annual basis, on a quarterly basis, whatever cadence I want, and again, get my results back directly to me to know when and if I need to take a bigger concern in my health. And then lastly, of course, we've all discovered with COVID that telehealth has been an incredible advancement of all kinds of healthcare categories, from generalist services to mental health services, even specialist services like psychiatry and more. And I think when you have all of these things grouped together, again, there's just power to the people. And of course, we always are going to need doctors, and we're so grateful for doctors and physicians who do help us interpret these things. But with all of this new robust data and all of this new technology, there's going to be a continued resurgence in personalized health and what things I should be doing for my body versus what you should do for your body and everything in between. When a lot of us think about health, I'm pretty sure we think about health care, But the essence of this episode that I want you to take away with is that the power is shifting so that the control is in your hands. Instead of all the red tape and the cost and the complexity of the healthcare system, technology is creating more access, more simplicity, and more control for all of us. And while we will always need doctors and physicians and specialists and all kinds of people to help us out on our healthcare journey, now we can be the first to take action in all parts of our lives from how we eat to how we sleep to how our brains work and our bodies work and how we exercise and so much more. So my question to you is, how are you taking control of your own health? Which categories from all of these things that I mentioned are you a pro at and which are you potentially an amateur? How can you get more of these tools and technologies into your life so that you have a 360 degree view of your health at all times? And just remember, everything I discussed today will be in the show notes, so you can use that as your own guide as you're getting started. And if you have your own recommendations, send them my way. I am at Brit on Twitter or Instagram, or you can also DM us at First in Line on Instagram as well. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Here's to a healthier life for all of us. And stay tuned because we will have many more guests on this season and beyond that will take us even further deeper down the rabbit hole in some of these areas of personalized wellness, longevity, and so much more. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, I would love for you to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your shows. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Brit on just about every social network, or you can follow the podcast at First In Line. 